0: Chapter Six of Grandpa in Oz by Ruth Plumly Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Six: The Wizard's Garden. Maybe he will tell me where to find my father's head," whispered Tatters excitedly. "Well," admitted Grandpa, starting cautiously down one of the silver paths. That would be a good turn, but a wizard's more likely to turn us into good gateposts or caterpillars. I refuse to be a caterpillar, rasped the weathercock. He had flown down and was hopping close to Grandpa's heels. I'll give him a peck in the eye. Rattling his iron wings, Bill looked around anxiously. "'Well, don't forget you're under-orders,' snapped Grandpa severely. "'No forward-falling, crowing, or pecking till I give the word, understand?' "'I don't believe he's a bad wizard,' observed the Prince quietly. "'His garden is too pretty.' "'Pretty is as pretty does,' sniffed Grandpa. "'He's practicing magic, which is against the law, and you can't get around that. Besides—' Just here Grandpa trod upon a small flagstone path that led across a broad stretch of lawn and never finished his sentence at all, for the stone rose a foot into the air and started bouncing across the green at such a rate the old soldier teetered backward and forward and did a regular toe-dance to keep his balance. "'Wait!' shouted Tatters in alarm, and running after Grandpa, himself stepped upon one of the lively flagstones. Up rose the stone, and the next thing the Prince of Ragbad was bouncing after the old soldier, waving his red umbrella and calling frantically for Bill. But Bill was already aboard the third stone, and before any of them had sense enough to jump, the stones bounced straight under a silver fountain, dumped off their three startled passengers, and went skipping back to their places in the walk. "'Variable winds and heavy showers,' crowed Bill dismally. "'Scraps and scribbage,' sputtered the old soldier. "'I told you that wizard was a villain. Company, fall out,' he commanded, gruffly. "'This the company lost no time in doing.' "'Oh, well,' laughed Tatters, rolling from under the drenching spray. "'It saves us the trouble of washing our faces. But what made them do it, Grandpa?' Grandpa gave himself an angry shake and marched stiffly over to the flagstone path carved neatly on the last stone were these words gorba's stepping stones guaranteed for seven centuries stand on the right foot to go east on the left to go west stand on both feet to go south to go north stand on your head "'Well, North's the way we want to go,' cried Tatters eagerly, as Grandpa finished reading. "'Maybe they'll carry us all the way to Emerald City.' (laughs) "'Not me,' snorted the old soldier, taking a pinch of snuff. "'Stand on your head if you like, but I'm going to travel right side up, or not at all.' "'Do you want to break your neck?' he demanded indignantly." It would be a little rough, admitted Tatters, remembering the way the stones had bumped, but it's pretty good magic just the same. Grandpa grunted contemptuously and tightened the fastenings of his game leg, but even the old soldier could not stay cross long in this enchanting garden, and when a moment later they happened upon a cluster of peach trees he grew quite cheerful again. Always did like peaches for breakfast, he sighed, impaling one on his sword. Twirling the sword and taking little bites all round, he looked with half closed eyes down the long vistas of lantern lanes. I wish Mrs. So-and-so could see this, sighed the old soldier pensively. Tatters nodded, but he was impatient to see more of the wizard's garden. So, filling his pockets with peaches, he ran down the narrowest of the lanes after Bill, who had already flown ahead to have another look for the fortune. Opening out from this lane was a smaller and enclosed garden, filled with the strangest bushes Tatter had ever seen. Each one grew in the shape of an animal. There were bears, tigers, lions, elephants, and deer— and the eyes, noses, and mouths were marked by blossoms of the proper size and shape that grew cunningly just where they were needed. They looked so lifelike that for a moment the prince was frightened, but after he had prodded a lion-bush with his umbrella and it neither roared nor lashed its green tail, he proceeded from one to the other quite as if he were in a museum, and certainly Garba's animals were queer enough to grace any museum. "'Wonder how we makes some grow this way,' muttered Tatters, finishing his last peach. "'Might as well wonder how he happens to be a wizard,' chuckled Grandpa, who had come up quietly behind him. "'Why, this is better than a zoo. It's a whole blooming menagerie, and if we knew the secret of it, we could travel all over Oz growing deer and rabbit bushes in the castle gardens, and your fortune would be made in no time.' But as we don't know the secret of it, concluded Grandpa, squinting at his old silver watch, we'd better forward march and see if we can find a way out of here. With many backward glances, Tatters followed him down another of the lantern lanes, but they had scarcely gone halfway when the hoarse voice of the weathercock came screeching overhead. The princess, the princess, I have found the princess crowed Bill, falling with an iron clang in the path before them. "'Be quiet!' warned the old soldier anxiously. "'Do you want the wizard to get you? Now then, what's all this nonsense about a princess?' Grandpa winked at Tatters, and Tatters winked back, for neither of them had much faith in Bill's discoveries. But the weathercock was too excited to mind. Hopping stiffly ahead and pausing every few seconds to urge them forward with a wave of his wing, he led them to the very center of the enchanted garden. There, on a bed of softest moss, surrounded by a rose-blown hedge, lay the loveliest little maiden you could ever imagine. "'The princess!' repeated Bill huskily. "'The princess!' You're wrong, breathed the old soldier, pushing back his cap and tiptoeing forward. You're wrong. It's the Queen of the May. And it surely seemed that Grandpa had guessed correctly, for Bill's princess was a little lady of flowers. Her face, hands, and neck were of the tiniest white blossoms, her eyes deep blue violets, her mouth a rosebud, and her nose and brows delicately marked with pink stems. Her hair, blowing backward and forward in the fragrant breeze, was the finest spray of flowering fern, and her dress was most enchanting of all. The waist was of every soft silken flower you could think of, buttoned all the way down the front with pansies, while her skirts, a thick cluster of blossoming vines, fluttered gaily about her tiny lady slippers. "'Why?' exclaimed the Prince of Ragbad. "'She's growing in the flower-bed. Oh, Grandpa, if she were only alive—' "'I wish she were myself,' sighed the old soldier. "'The wizard must know a deal of magic to grow a little fairy like that. "'Mind what you're about there,' he called sharply to Bill. The weathercock had flown over the hedge and was hopping so close to the flower-girl it made Grandpa nervous. "'But look!' crowed Bill. "'Looky, look!' Under the hedge and padlocked to a small iron ring in the ground was a gold watering-can. It did not take Grandpa and Tatters long to leap over the hedge after that. For as the old soldier said himself, the wizard was doubtless away, and it was their plain duty to see that this little flower-maid had a freshening spray before they left the garden. First Tatters tried to wrench the can loose. The golden chain on the padlock was so slender it should have broken on the first tug, but it held like iron. Then Grandpa tried his hand, but with no better luck. Next both Grandpa and Tatters tugged together, Bill doing his bit by jerking out the Prince's coattails. "'More magic!' panted Grandpa, sucking his thumb. The only way to get it loose is to find the key. "'The key!' shrill tatters, suddenly diving into his pocket. "'Why, I wonder if this is the key!' Jubilantly he produced the tiny gold key Bill had taken from the bandit, and the next instant he had fitted it in the padlock. "'Vega must have stolen that from the wizard when he took the medicine,' mused Grandpa. "'And that wizard's mighty particular with his old gold can.' He sniffed scornfully as Tatter slid it from the chain. Here, I'll fill it at the fountain. But it's already full, answered the Prince of Ragbat, giving it a little shake. Running over to the mossy bed, he tilted the gold can forward and sprayed the little flower lady from top to toe. Stars! No sooner had the last drop fallen than a perfectly amazing thing happened so amazing that Grandpa and Tatters clutched each other to keep from tumbling over backwards, and Bill flew screaming into the nearest tree. For the little flower maiden slowly and gracefully rose from her bed, poised a moment on tiptoe, and then, with a merry little laugh, bounded over to Grandpa and Tatters and seized their hands. Next thing they were whirling round and round in the jolliest fashion imaginable faster and faster and faster, till everything grew blurred and all three tumbled down in a heap. "'Oh, forget-me-nots, isn't that fun?' trilled the little flower girl, jumping lightly to her feet. "'Oh, I've wanted to do that always. Who—who are you?' gasped Tatters, for Grandpa, between loss of breath and astonishment, was perfectly speechless." "'Why, just my own self,' smiled the little creature, flinging back her feathery hair. "'How do you blow? How do you blow?' shrieked Bill, falling in a heap beside her. "'He means how do you do?' puffed Grandpa, laughing in spite of himself. "'You'll have to excuse him, for he's a weathercock and used to talking in Augusta.' Then, as the little maiden still seemed puzzled, Grandpa finished his sentence. "'Augusta Wind,' chuckled the old soldier with a wink that made them all laugh, except Bill, who continued to regard the flower girl intently. "'Are you a princess?' asked Bill, with his head anxiously on one side. "'No,' mused the little girl slowly. "'I don't think I'm a princess. Let me see. Oh, I remember now the old wizard telling the birds my name was Eartha, because I'm made of Earth.' "'Go along with you, then,' snapped Bill crossly. "'We're looking for a princess.' "'Don't mind him,' begged Tatters, jumping up hastily. "'Tell us about yourself, Miss Posy," cried Grandpa, straightening his cap and feeling his game legs slyly. In the dance it had turned completely around. "'I declare you're the loveliest little lady I've met in all my travels.' The roses in Ertha's cheeks seemed to grow pinker at Grandpa's words. "'There isn't much to tell,' she began softly. "'I don't seem to remember anything but this garden. I guess I just grew.' She finished with a little bounce that sent her skirts flying out in every direction. "'And whatever was in that gold watering can brought you to life. I believe you're a fairy.' said the old soldier solemnly. No, no, laughed the little flower girl, seizing a long trailing vine. I'm just Eartha. And using the vine as a skipping rope, she flashed up and down the silver path so swiftly that it made Tatters and Grandpa Blake just to follow her dancing steps. What are you going to do now that you are alive? asked Tatters, as she paused for a moment beside him. Just going to be happy in this garden," replied Ertha, with a little shake of her lovely fern hair. I wish we could stay, too," sighed Tatters, for he could think of no end of games he could teach Ertha, and even the Emerald City, he reflected, could not be lovelier than this enchanted garden. Grandpa gave a start at Tatters' words, and suddenly recalled to his duty, gathered up his gun and knapsack. "'It's been a pleasure to know you, my dear,' said Grandpa gallantly, taking off his cap. "'But we'll have to be marching on now, for we've a long journey before us.' "'Oh!' Ertha gave a little cry of dismay. "'Didn't you grow in the garden, too?' Grandpa shook his head, and as quickly as he could told her how King Fumbo had lost his head, and how he and Tatters had set out to seek it and the princess fortune." Ertha was almost as much puzzled over a fortune as Bill. Indeed, the whole of Grandpa's story was confusing, for, you see, it was the first story the little flower maiden had ever heard. But Prince Tatters and the old soldier interested her tremendously. She touched Grandpa's medals shyly, and could not admire Tatters' patched and many-colored suit enough. As for Bill— she blew him so many kisses that the embarrassed weathercock flew and hid himself in an oleander bush. Saying goodbye to dear little Ertha was a difficult business, but at last Grandpa, with a very determined expression, shouldered his gun and Tatters reluctantly picked up his red umbrella. Come on, shouted Bill, impatiently sticking his head out of the bush. Come on, I will never find the head, the fortune, and the princess." As Ertha had not turned out a Princess, he had lost all interest in her. "'But I'll miss you,' sighed Ertha, and drooped so sadly against a tree that Tatters promptly fell out of line and began to comfort her. "'You won't miss us,' said Grandpa, looking uneasily at his watch. "'You can't miss people you just met, you know.' The old soldier was faced with a problem the like of which he had never before encountered, and he was plainly at a loss to know what to do. "'I've known you longer than anyone else. I've known you my whole life,' sighed Ertha, wistfully. "'But you've only been alive five minutes,' smiled the old soldier indulgently. "'Why don't you join the army like I did?' inquired Bill, who was anxious to be off. "'Oh, couldn't she?' Begged Tatters eagerly. Grandpa shifted his feet and looked uncertainly at the little flower maiden. She seemed too frail and delicate to set out on a journey of adventure. But, reflected the old soldier, if she's a fairy, nothing can harm her, and if she's not, someone ought to look out for her. As we brought her to life, we're responsible. Come along with you, cried Grandpa recklessly. So away through the wizard's garden marched this strange little army, the patched flag of Ragbad fluttering over the top of Tatter's red umbrella, and the little flower maiden falling out of line every few minutes to dance gaily round a tree or skip merrily through a fountain. She fairly seemed to float above the flowers that blossomed along the way as her dainty feet slipped from daisy to daisy. Prince Tatters could hardly keep his eyes away from Ertha as she danced along the way, and Grandpa smiled happily at the delight of the two happy young people. End of chapter 6